stressful. Dating is nerve-wracking. It's fun. When it's fun, it's I'd fun. I'd say that Eye-opening. in a way it's healthy. Enlightening. It can be awkward. I, I think I've learned a lot about myself. It definitely takes work. And interesting. Exciting. I think it's exciting. Exciting. The worst part of dating is dating. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of K, the podcast all about dating. I'm your host, Chelsea Ray, and I'm a graduate student at Loyola University. I wanted to develop a podcast about the current status of our dating culture. It's a pretty hot topic right now. We all know that dating can be one of the best or one of the worst experiences that we ever have to go through. And I know my dating life has been a roller coaster, but I wanted to hear from other people. I wanted to get their dating stories, the good, the bad, and the mortifying. Because let's face it, everyone has had bad dates, awkward sexual experiences, and strange hypothetical conversations. And at the very least, we should be able to laugh about them. That's how Kay was born. So why the name? The way we communicate with each other has pretty much dwindled down into one letter, K. It's the new fine. K can mean a thousand different things depending on how you use it, but generally it means this conversation is over. Well, I want to change that. I'm going to keep the conversation going, and this conversation is about dating. In every episode, we will cover a special dating topic and talk to people just like you about what it means to connect with others in the hopes of finding a romantic connection. From Tinder and texting to love letters and long distance, we'll cover every aspect of dating from the perspectives of various ages, genders, races, sexual orientations, religions, and experiences. I'll chat with some of my friends, my family, and strangers about dating, mating, and everything in between. We'll learn a little, laugh a lot, and hopefully figure out this crazy thing called dating. In this episode, we'll talk about how we define dating. Because let's face it, everybody dates. For a lot of people, dating means hunting down that long-awaited soulmate and slapping a ring on their finger before anyone else can get their hands on them. For others, it means experiencing exciting new places and meeting different people while purposely removing the word commitment from their vocabulary. So I'm going to skip the gimmicky Webster's Dictionary defines dating as and just go straight to the people who are actually doing it. A quick warning, there is explicit language in this episode. You even hear the F word a couple of times. So if you have small children around, I would play the episode later. Meet Lane. She's a 25-year-old graduate student living here in Chicago. She just moved up from New Orleans about a year ago. Now she's here for a fresh start. She wants to meet new people. And she's trying to figure out exactly what the dating scene looks like for her and what she wants to get out of it. Growing this is up, what she you told me. You'd be at a different point in your life when you hear 25, 26. It's like, oh, I'll have a career. I'll be established. Like, I'll be in a relationship and this or that, have something going on. And now it's like, I'm trying to figure out my life. <laughs> yeah, I went from being committed and then hookups <laughs> and then dating. <laughs> so, when you and your serious boyfriend back in New Orleans, I assume. Yeah. When you two were together and you were dating, what was that like compared to the way that you're dating now in Chicago? You're, you know, trying to get to know new people and things like that. What, what's, how is that different? So we ended things about the middle of my college career. We like really ended things. And then the last couple years of my college career, it was like, oh, now I'm like young, single, like 
let me go crazy kind of thing. So I was out like three, four times a week and just dating people, flirting a lot, couple hookups, um, and then moving here. I When I first moved here, I downloaded Tinder <laughs> and gave that a go despite its reputation for hooking up because that's not what I was looking for at this time. And I was, re- I was really pleasantly uh, surprised with the amount of good-looking people <laughs> On, on Tinder, I was like, okay, go ahead, Chicago. Like, oh, I was swiping. I was like, okay. Um, but then I feel like, so I did that for, I was like really active in using it for the whole fall semester. So like through December, through January kind of. And I went on a lot of dates from there. Um, but didn't really find anyone that I wanted to keep around. <laughs> So Lane tells me about one of these Tinder dates that she went on, and it was pretty ridiculous. She met this guy. They started chatting over the weekend. They really enjoyed talking to each other, and so they said, let's find a time to meet up. Unfortunately, their schedules didn't really align well, so it took a while to figure out a day. And then once they had something nailed down, he sends her a message and says, hey, I actually can't meet with you that day. I totally forgot that I have another Tinder date that same night and she says surprisingly you know what that's okay thank you for being honest with me we'll find another time and then the night of his other tinder date he ends up texting her because the date had ended early and this is what happened i had like sent him a message or something he's like oh my date is actually ended early um do you want to meet up and i was like sure why not probably bad idea on my part but I didn't care I wanted to go out on a Friday night he should have not been texting me or on tinder messaging me whatever because he had already had dinner and at least four cocktails with dinner at this point so I show up we it was crowded so we waited for like a cocktail table and he is like slurring his words like, not really focusing his eyes. Like, I don't know if... Yeah, and he had told me. He's like, I apologize. Like, I already had four whatever drinks at dinner. And I'm like, okay. Like, that's all right. So this guy shows up completely drunk and wasted from his previous Tinder date and then suggests to Lane, hey, this place is lame. Let's get out of here. Let's go to a club. And because Lane loves to dance, she agreed. But she had no idea what she was in for. It was this, like, sketchy-looking place. We walk in, and I'm like, where the fuck is he dating me? (laughs) Like, it was this really weird vibe. I don't know. It was a really mixed crowd. And there was only, there was a DJ, and he was on vinyl and so he was playing 80s music but not like good I love 80s music so not like the hits from the 80s like really obscure like no one knows who this (laughs) uh, musician is kind of 80s music so this guy completely wasted continuing to consume alcohol has just taken Lane to this creepy sketchy club and then he leaves to go to the bathroom And when he's in the bathroom, 
multiple other guys that she's never met before come up to her and start hitting on her and ask her if they can buy her drinks or take her home. This is not okay. Like, it's not a big enough place where you don't think I'm with someone. Like, you clearly saw I was with this guy. And it was just, like, that tells you what kind of place it was. It was just really sketchy and creepy. And so after one beer there, I was like, okay, I'm going to call a cab. You should get a cab and go home. (laughs) So I hope he made it home alive. So Lane goes on this horrendous Tinder date, right? And she's been using Tinder for months now. And I asked her, I said, well, why are you dating? What, what's your end goal? What is the point for you? I mean, we all want someone that, I don't know, this is going to be really cheesy. It's like our other half, right? So someone that you can turn to at the end of the day and be like, just have someone that you're comfortable with and easy to talk to, a best friend, which we all have. It's great to have girlfriends and best friends, but there's a different there's a different relationship you have with a partner that's your equal in life and that you can go through your life and count on each other and lean on each other for things and, you know, have a family with and grow old with. And we all want that despite our generation that's like, tinder and yellow and if one thing needs to disappear it's bay for the longest time i had no idea what bay was i thought it was like short for babe like (laughs) you and me both you and me both i'm I'm like like, this is an acronym i didn't even realize that it stood for before anyone else or is it before anything else whatever does it matter yeah (laughs) same difference yeah I am at the point where I know myself, I know what I like, what I don't like, what I want for myself in the future, so I'm at the point where I'm ready to be in a relationship, and when I was having a serious relationship, like a cup, like a, a year or so ago, I was not thinking that. I was like, you know, I just want to have fun, I'm in a new city, yada, 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 and so now I'm at the point where... Like, I just want a relationship. Like, shit. Like, it doesn't have to be anything serious. But, like, three, six-month relationship, I don't really give a shit at this point. But I do eventually want to find the person that I want to marry. Like, of course, I dream about my wedding. I still have a Pinterest board, you know, wedding Pinterest board. (laughs) Like, I don't even have a boyfriend. So, I mean, it is what it is. I would actually prefer if I could look at their bank statements. If I see you spend a lot of money on bowling alleys, I know you like to go to the bowling alleys. It's easier. Where someone can tell me like, oh yeah, I love to do yoga and stuff. Like, no, what are you spending your money on? That's what you like to do. That was Sean. Sean is a 27-year-old accountant currently living in Springfield, Illinois. He was born and raised in Chicago, but he went down to Springfield more than five years ago to finish his undergraduate and his graduate degrees, which he did, and he's been there ever since. Sean was telling me that the dating scene in Springfield is completely different than the dating scene up in Chicago. Everything from the way that you interact with someone to the conversation that you have is totally different. I do not have to dress as nice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's... It's a lot more relaxed in appearance, but strenuous in views. And what I mean by that, when you're in Chicago and you're meeting someone for the first time and you're talking to them, you talk about a lot of superficial things, you know, pop culture, uh, 
whether or not you like the Bulls, you know, different sporting teams, things like that. In Springfield, because it is the capital, when you're meeting someone for the first time, it's like they have their cue cards ready. They go, oh, where do you work? What are your political views? Who are you affiliated with? It feels like networking and not dating. And I think that's really just attributed to how many politicians are out here and just how many people are looking to lobby to someone. Interesting. So dating's more of a an interview process yes. than a get-together <laughs> and a relaxing chat. Yes. It starts to become a, oh, you're not Republican or you're not Democratic or even a religious view. And I think that's just kind of a small town syndrome. Even though Springfield really isn't a small town, it is in comparison to Chicago, mm-hmm. what I'm used to. So as Sean was telling me how difficult it was dating in this new environment where a date felt more like an interview than it did a casual meeting, I asked him, what did you do? How did you date? How did you make it easier? Oh, I did it all. I, uh, I had friends to hook me up with their friends. I did the whole, hey, I see this cute girl over here, but I don't want to approach her. Let's run this scheme real quick <laughs> where you, know, you start something off and bring me in. Uh, we called it Shy Brother at the time. Um, I did dating sites. I want to say I did about three or four different dating sites. And it it just got tiring. You feel like there wasn't any return on investment? <laughs> I mean, there was return on investment, but just not the return I was looking for. When I used dating sites... I was meeting women, but it was not for a relationship. It was for a hookup is what, like, they were interested in. But that's not what you were interested in? No. Okay. So you, but you were actively meeting women. It's not like you didn't get any emails or any responses. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't the outcome that you were looking for. Yeah. It wasn't what I was expecting. Like, it. It was put as a dating site, but it was more of a just a fling site. So are you currently dating anyone right now, or what's your dating life look like right now? Uh, right now I am dating someone currently. Uh, we've been together for about 11 months now, and she lives in Champaign, Illinois. So if you and your girlfriend live in different cities, how did you meet? Well, she was actually... In Springfield one night with her friends, and they were at the bar. And I just happened to be in the same bar, and I saw her sitting there on her cell phone because, you know, that's all people do at bars now. And (laughs) I kind of um, kept walking by her until I could make eye contact. I failed at this five times. Realizing that she was not going to just look up and I get that movie moment of just making eye contact. Like, oh, yeah, I'm Harry. Nice to meet you, Sally. But so I just kind of took a European approach to it and just threw myself into the situation. And just sat down at her table and was like, I'm here now. This is happening. We're talking. And she responded positively to that. She was open to chat with you. Oh, yeah. She was open to chat with me. It was 
the start of the chat was kind of let me make sure he's not a criminal or a murderer. Mm-hmm. Just, and then from there, once I passed like the creepy guy test, it went on to, <laughs> all right, let's have a full conversation and actually learn about each other. So after that first interaction at the bar, Sean went on to tell me all about how wonderful their first date was. He drove out to Champagne and treated her to a hibachi dinner followed by ice cream and shopping around the mall. He said that is one of the best dates he's ever been on because the conversation was so great. And I asked him about the drive up there. So you drove 84 miles around an hour and a half to go see a girl for your first date. Yes. Now that you sound... And as you say it out loud, it's like, oh, that was stupid. But <laughs> No, it's not stupid. I think it's um, romantic. And you must have really been interested her in her to take the time and spend the gas money and all that on top of whatever you spent on the date to get to know this person. Well, yeah. I mean, when you look at it in a grand scale, if you're not going to invest in getting to know the person you plan to spend the rest of your life with, then you're kind of an idiot. It's like you, if your date, if your purpose for dating is to find someone to spend forever with, what does $200 today really matter to that? The first date we went on was so great. And there was that movie moment where, you know, everything's just going perfectly, having a great conversation. You don't notice time going by. And it was just wonderful and all of that. And then on our third date, I even got the foot pop on the kiss. And I was like, yes, like it was, it was just perfect. I also watch those movies with a grain of salt. You know, it's like those Disney princesses are fools and you can't be a fool. And, you know, Belle was kidnapped and held captive and fell in love with the guy who like, come on, come on, Disney. That's Daniel. He's 25 years old and currently living and working in the city of Chicago. Daniel says he was a late bloomer and didn't really start dating until after college. This is what he had to say about that. And I actually have this conversation with my friends all the time because they have been dating since middle school, high school, um, early college. And for me, it was much different because of who I am and where I've been and what I've done. And there, it was a variety of reasons and all stemming from the fact that I am gay and didn't come out until the beginning of college but a lot of it for me had to do with personal insecurities and sureties and kind of figuring out who I am and what I want and where I want to go and what I want to do um, all the sorts of things that I think you think about even when you are dating but because I was dealing with coming out I took a lot more time to think about those sorts of things, I guess. And I wasn't going to date girls because I always knew that that wasn't my preference. And so when I finally became comfortable with my sexuality or comfortable enough that I could tell people about that, then it was like, okay, but who are you and what do you want to do? And what kinds of guys do you want to date? Like, oh, what a weird thing to even think about. I haven't even been able to think about this. So it was like kind of layered. Um, I think ideally if something had happened or the opportunity had presented itself, I don't think I would have 
shied away from it in college or those first couple of years in college. Um, but it didn't. And for me personally, that was not like a self-confidence booster, unfortunately. But um, again, stuff that I dealt with, stuff that I constantly thought about. And these weren't problems that I was like totally unaware that I had. Do you think it, it was easier dating when you were in college? Do you think it would have been easier given the technology that we have now? Um, maybe not for you personally, but do you think it was easier then or different than it is now? I think it is way easier to date in college than it is outside of college. And I think that actually I have this conversation with my friends all the time as well um, because there it is such a bubble of individuals and people and a world in and of itself. And you know who the people are in college more so than you do in the real world. I think that like you can kind of trace a person back, right? You know, I'm dating or a friend of mine is dating John Smith from X fraternity or X, you know, theater group, X dorm room. And he knows so-and-so, so-and-so knows so-and-so, so-and-so introduced me at this party to John Smith. So great. Okay. Like I know that he's probably not a crazy person and I have five other people that I could go to, to be like, listen, John seems a little crazy. Am I right in thinking John might be crazy? And they can be like, yes or no. And in the real world, you know, you meet somebody random wherever it is, Millennium Park, at a bar, and Tinder, whatever, and you're kind of just, you know, given the five-sentence about me section, and you have to decide, and you have to say, like, is this somebody that is worth spending another hour with, two hours with? Would I tell this person where I live in a city of seven million people? I think that's, like, a lot to to think about. So obviously Daniel is no longer in college. He's graduated, he's working. And I asked him now that he's not in that little bubble of college and he decided not to date at that time, is he dating now? And I asked him, are you using these dating applications that we were talking about before? Are they working at all for you? And this is what he said. I have to say, so yes, I have tried them and I have to say I have in one way or another been disappointed by them only because I don't, and this is again, my own personal thoughts on it. You know, I know a lot of people who get on these apps and find um, somebody that they date and they've been dating for two, three years, whether or not it works out. I mean, I still think that that's a possibility. Those, that those are possibilities that can happen on all these sorts of different apps. Um, For me, however, I I don't like the feeling it's like kind of um, inorganic and not it's just not natural to me. It doesn't feel right. You see a person across the bar, you the same way you would see somebody's profile picture, you decide, is this somebody that I'm interested in? You at a bar approach or you leave on Tinder, you swipe right or you swipe left. Um, If you swipe right on on Tinder, it's a match. Great. Oh, cool. Like flutter of whatever that happens to you when you that happens um you can't hear the person's voice you can't see the the faces that they make when you have a conversation with them you can't you know read the way they're standing or walking towards you or anything like that and then but in a bar you either walk up to that person they walk up to you you hear what they have to say you you know there's this 
interaction that I feel like is totally missing from those apps that I always find to be a disappointment. Or, you know, it's it's never what you expect. It's never what you think, what I think. I shouldn't say you. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't generalize. It's never what I have painted in my head as what would happen or what could happen. So clearly dating is very complex. Oh, and there's so many options. And so, I mean, what, so why do you date you personally? Why do you like go on dates? What's your, what's the end goal? I want the, I'm, I'm a romantic person. I want the one I want. I want it all. I not all, whatever. God, I sound like such a weirdo. (laughs) I want to find that one person, that one thing that you watch your kitschy little movies about and it happens for them and they realize they're in love. Like, yeah, I want it. It's fine. Like, there I said it. It's done. How do I put this? Currently, my current situation is that I am actually trying not to think about this as much as I have. Um, So I would like, I think part of my stress or anxiety that comes with dating is the thought that I put into it is like so overwhelming and unnecessary. And I want to stop doing that. And I want to stop like expecting something or expecting it all. I, you know, whatever it is, like they tell you, like it'll happen when you least expect it type of thing. Like in a, I, I, I want to stop thinking about it all the time, not all the time, but just, when I do I don't want to be stressed out about this I don't think I need to be stressed out about this I don't think people need to be stressed out about this it should be fun and it should be something you are excited to do and not something that you dread so so in slow motion I saw him opening his mouth I saw him you know like opening it coming towards me. So in that moment, I was like, yeah, no, this is not going to happen right now. That's Erica. Erica is actually from Hungary, but she's been living in the United States now for about five years. She's 31 years old, and she's living in Chicago and working and trying to figure out what dating is like in the U.S. Here's what she had to say. So I didn't really date, if that makes sense, for a while. So I had, like I said, at age 14, I had like one or two dates. Then at age 16, I met my boyfriend. Then another long-term relationship. And then my marriage. So I really, the first real dates I had was after my marriage failed. And I wanted to find a companion, right? Um, So that's when I was really dating. Well, in the U.S., I've only tried Tinder. So apart from that, I don't know how things work. In Hungary, I did try um, Tinder and just normal meeting people through friends. I mean, we're not traditional, but I think, for example, Tinder is a really good example where, I mean, I know people use it for sex. Like, So when I met people um, back in Hungary through Tinder, it was always a date, and ne- never once was it up- implied that anybody would want to do anything more than that. So amidst all of this dating, back in Hungary and here in the United States, there was an in-between point where Erica was actually married. She met her American husband while he was traveling in Hungary, and they fell in love and got married. 
Years later, they decided to move back to the United States where he could work. But for Erica, moving to the United States was one of the hardest things that she ever had to do. So we moved to the States. Both of us were penniless, right? So I left my family and friends behind. And I'm sure those who have never been in this situation can't really imagine what it's like to live suddenly from one day to the other, lose everything you have, right? You lose your home where you grew up. And Hungarians don't really move around. We stay where we're born. So to lose your home, I had a really well-paid job. Um, to lose my family, and I'm super family-oriented. To lose my friends, and to suddenly go to the other, literally the other side of the world, and to have no one, absolutely no one. Um, so I'm. It's probably very hard to imagine if you haven't been there, and it's a very painful experience. And if you don't have someone with you who helps you through this you're gonna get into a really, really bad place in your head, and that's what happened to us. Um, and everything was piling up, and he didn't understand what I was going through at all, and he was not helping, and I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes. I'm sure I was um, not doing things right, so I'm not blaming him only. I'm sure I was at fault, too. Would you say that you moved to the United States for him? Absolutely, I, was, I didn't want to come here. So, yeah, I moved here for him. Well, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Clearly, you've been through a lot, and obviously, you're divorced now. Mm -hmm. um, how long after your divorce did you wait until you started maybe exploring some dating options? Oh, a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not a long time, but a while. So, obviously, after any heartbreak, especially a divorce, it's okay to take some downtime to reconnect with who you are. And that's exactly what Erica did. She told me that the most positive takeaway from her entire situation was that she had the opportunity to go back and enjoy being single and rediscover who she was and what she truly wanted from life. I really enjoyed it while I had it, actually. I really embraced it. And I feel that every woman should experience it. And while I was bouncing from one serious relationship to the other, I was never really happy because I couldn't really find, find who I was and I could never become confident in my skin. Um, and I feel that while I was single, I did find that. So being single for those few months helped me be the person that I am now and actually like this person that I am. Without those few months, I don't think I would ever have become comfortable. Um, so I think being single is phenomenal if you're out there to find yourself, not to just keep on finding other people. So that's exactly what Erica did. She found herself, and in doing so, she actually found someone else as well. So you've been dating for a year? Yeah. Okay. And how did you two meet? On Tinder. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So how, I mean, how long did did it take for you guys to find each other while you were both on tinder i mean because i've heard it can be a tedious process i mean it is but it took me two weeks really yeah that's kind of miraculous i don't know that that happens to a lot of people i mean yeah so i had been on tinder for longer than that but i wasn't using it mm -hmm. so when i started using it again took me or even less than that actually probably was one and a half weeks Obviously, you've been in serious relationships before. Oh, yeah. You've been in a marriage before. What 
is your end goal now that you're in a committed relationship and you're really happy? What um, what do you look forward to in the future with the man that you're dating? Well, I would like to get married again. So I would like to see what it's like to have a real companionship where you're a team on the same, you know, you are the same team, not members of two opposing teams. I've never felt so happy in my life where I know that I have such an amazing companion. My car got totaled and I wasn't going. I was like, I can't go. And I'm sure she was thinking like this, a-hole, I knew it was too good to be true. And I, immediately I was like, just kidding, like total April Fool's joke, I'll see you in, in two days. Yeah, I was, I, I was like sweating it out because she didn't respond for like 20 minutes. And I was like, this might have just been like a huge backfire on the joke. That was Jimmy. He's a 24-year-old graduate student living in Chicago. He's lived there most of his life. And even though his girlfriend is from a suburb less than an hour away from where he grew up, she spent almost so half of their relationship a lot of half a world family, away. Half her family lives in England. So she went there for winter break. So she was there for like a month and then stayed in Europe to study abroad. Didn't have to come back to the States. Um, and, you know, did that for the second semester. So like, what, another four months? And then traveled around Europe a little bit. Uh, was in England for like the rest of summer. We actually met, as random as this sounds, on spring break in senior year, in my senior year, and getting into a relationship was like the last thing on my like to-do list that spring break. Uh, but we met and hit it off and she went to Illinois and I went to Iowa. So we didn't really know how it was gonna work, but she like asked me to do one of her barn dances that was a few weeks after spring break. Of course, I said, yeah, I'll drive down. Did that and she visited me and we just sort of started to hit it off asked her out a few weeks after that so it was probably it's not like we were dating right after spring break you know there's probably like a month five six weeks in between where we were like talking all the time and visited each other before I like asked her to be my girlfriend so while Jimmy was at school in Iowa he decided to visit his friends during spring break and that's where he met his girlfriend but what he didn't know was that the timing could not have been worse she was planning to study abroad, not just for a semester, but for an extended vacation to visit her family. They weren't quite sure how they were going to make it work. And unfortunately, even though they were head over heels for each other, they had to separate while she was away. Um, and we stayed in touch a lot in the beginning because it didn't seem like a natural split. You know, it wasn't like, peace out, have a nice life, see you never. It was like I'm, we both missed each other a lot. But then I think we realized, and it was sort of like unspoken, that the more like we talked to each other, like the harder it made it. Because I just missed her more, and I wasn't going to be able to see her for like seven months. And I remember like looking at a calendar, I was like, oh my God, like this is forever. So I think we just, there was like, you know, a little while there where we were talking for a little bit, and then we decided we shouldn't be talking. And then so that we went through that phase sort of like we didn't talk for a while, which I think was healthy. I think that allowed us like both to grow. Like I would have felt terrible if the whole time she was in Europe, she was just missing me. I was like, go have fun. Like you only get to study abroad once, go live it up. And it was my last semester in Iowa. So I did the same. My brother was a freshman there. So that was really cool. I wasn't used to having Johnny, my brother at Iowa. 
And I know we both had fun. And then, like, when it got closer to the time that she was coming back, we slowly, like, started to feel it out. Not, like, every day talking, but, you know, once or twice a week maybe. Would you say that you struggled more with missing her than you did with jealousy or vice versa? My dad always says, like, this quote, like, an idle mind's the devil's playground. It was just really tough because it was, like, winter break, and I was just, like, sitting in Park Ridge doing nothing. There was just, like, nothing to distract me. No schoolwork. I was off. I was on break from work. So I like just sat and thought about it all the time. And I knew that she was out like doing fun, cool Europe things. So it was just like killer. It wasn't like jealousy. Like it was never like any resentment or anything like that. I think it was just missing now that I think about it. Like I just like, I was like, I'm not going to look at Facebook. I'm not going to do it. And then sure as shit, like 10 minutes later, and it just... I don't know. I hated Facebook for a while there. I was, I was getting all like high and mighty and I'm like, I'm going to delete my Facebook. I never did it. And it was like such a lame situation. The timing was bad. The timing was bad. That's all it was. But I was like, I'm not going to let this screw this up. So it was like always in the back of my mind that like, I don't know. I just had this feeling. I was like, this isn't how it's going to end. Well, so speaking of not being the end, let's jump back to the beginning because you had mentioned that you didn't really consider the first month that you were traveling back and forth visiting each other dating. Mm -hmm. Why would you not consider that dating? Um, Because we hadn't had, like, the talk, the serious talk. I wanted to date this girl. Like, I knew it pretty quickly. I remember, like, when she had or when we, like, said bye on spring break, she got a little, like, upset. And I, I remember, like laughing as rude as that sounds because i was just so confident i was like i'm gonna see you soon um so i was just like i knew in my head i was like i'm gonna make this work like if this doesn't work out it's not gonna be because of me i didn't say these things but it was just in my head so but i didn't want to like also come off as like a creep like so we're dating like because we had fun on spring break it wasn't you know i just wanted to like play it cool because i don't think anyone could be like we're dating like right away I don't know. I had just never, like, obviously she wasn't the first girl that I had ever, like, liked. But there was just different. It was, like, way more intense. Like, in my previous couple, like, I don't even know if, like, they were, they were relationships. They were either, like, long flings or, like, really short relationships. I never, like, felt super passionate about it. I was always just like, oh, this is fun. That was sort of, like, my mindset in the other ones. But this was, like, totally different. The whole, like, dating thing, I guess that definition is confusing because you could, like, I went on a couple dates with her, but I don't think we were dating. You know what I mean? I would say that we were, like, talking. It's, like, the pre-stage to dating. Talking or, like, seeing someone is, like, the same thing. I think that we were, like, seeing each other, but I just wanted to make sure before she went to London that I want to make this clear. Like, will you be my girlfriend? So you consider dating to be something that weighs heavily on commitment then? As yeah, opposed to sure. something that's casual, like, oh, we that's went on this date or that date or whatever. Yeah, that's a fling in my okay. in my book. And I can see with the intensity that you talk about it, it sounds like, because you had mentioned before when I asked you about dating in high school, you said, nope, didn't even do it, you know, that you were a late bloomer. Like, this sort of sounds like a first love kind of situation. Would you consider this to yeah. be, like, your first love? Yeah, not my first girlfriend, but, like, I mean, I don't know, that maybe, maybe sounds rotten to say, but, like, I don't think that I loved anyone else like really loved anyone else prior to mm-hmm. her maybe I thought I did like I'm, I had some like super intense crushes before her but 
notice I said crushes. At the time, if somebody would have told me, oh, you just have a crush on someone, I probably would have been like, screw you, like, you don't know how I feel. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally, like, had a crush or, like, was only physically attracted to that person type thing. What do you look forward to in the future? Well, I mean, so our relationship for, like, 80 to 90% of it to this point, like, if you looked at it on a timeline, has been a long-distance relationship because I was at Iowa when she was at Illinois. We weren't dating when she was abroad, but even when we were talking, she was abroad. She was on the other side of the world. Then when she came back, she had to finish up at Illinois, and I was at Loyola, so that was last year. I had just gotten back into a relationship with her at the start of, right? Is that right? Yeah, at the start of my grad school. I like She came back in grad school starting up for me. So I was all nervous, like, can't, am I going to be able to juggle, like, the grad school and long-distance relationship? And, I'm, you know, we made it work. Um, but now, so she graduated and she moved to Chicago. She's got a job in the city and she lives, like, 15-minute walk from, from me, which is awesome. Um, but in terms of end goal, I mean, I think in general it's not, like, case-specific. The whole point in my mind of dating people is sort of like a process of elimination to find the person that you're going to wind up with. So, of course, like, marriage is the end goal. I am nowhere near ready to get married, and I know she's not either. And that, like, really has never gotten brought up at all. And it's not, like, that, that'll come if and when it comes. And one day, maybe it will. And, and I would love, I would totally love that. Um, but, so, yeah, so I would say that's the end goal, but I don't think that's... I just think that's in general, yeah. I think most people are trying to find the one. Okay. And mm. so, do you think, even if you're not ready now and neither is she, do you think mm. that she might be that person for you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think I have to have that mindset. Otherwise, what am I in it for? That about does it for episode one of K. Follow us on Twitter at the K Podcast. And like us on Facebook to stay updated on new episodes and exclusive content. I'd like to thank all of my guests for sharing their stories, because without them, the show would not be possible. If you want to hear more from our guests, visit our website at www.thekpodcast.com to see their bios and listen to their full-length interviews. If you'd like to share your dating stories with Kay, we want to hear them. Whether it's completely embarrassing, disgustingly romantic, or just downright average, we want to know about it. Visit www.thekpodcast.com slash datinglife to submit your story. And if you think you're particularly witty and charming, try using 140 characters or less. Tweet at the K Podcast using the hashtag LoveTweetLove to share a snippet of your dating experiences and we'll feature them in our next episode. The music in this episode was provided by royalty-free music from Ben Sound, and the entire episode was edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Chelsea Ray. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Okay?